Pro Rata, where we normally take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. But today we are doing a special three-part series of shorter episodes on the coronavirus pandemic, which is changing our politics, our economy, and our way of life. And one of the biggest questions right now is when America might be able to reopen for business. Most public health officials think it could still be more than a month away, but President Trump has been itching to move faster, including floating the idea of things getting back to normal by Easter, which this year is April 12th. So let's go deeper on the political deliberations with Axios White House reporter Jonathan Swan. Dr. Anthony Fauci said on CNN on Thursday night that Easter was a, quote, aspirational projection to give people some hope. So is Trump listening to people like Fauci or is he listening to other folks when it comes to this? It's a mix. And for Trump, when he said it wasn't aspirational hope, it was something that he meant quite literally. He thought that they could actually get things opening up by Easter. His public health team united around the idea that that's unlikely, if not impossible, and that they need more time to keep people isolated, to get testing up and running to a point where they can do mass testing, isolate people who are infected, and then also buy a little bit more time for the hospital system so that that doesn't get completely overwhelmed. Trump is very, very impatient. I've been speaking to people who've been in touch with the president over the last 24 hours. He is watching the stock market very closely. He believes the market has responded positively to his message of reopening. He's in fact even more resolute about getting things open. And he's running into, frankly, a headlong collision with his public health officials because Trump, when he makes his phone calls late at night and in the morning in the residence, he's not talking to public health officials. He's talking to people in the business community, hedge fund types. He's talking to folks who are telling him this economy can't survive much longer. You need to get things open. Jonathan, as part of that, how much power does the president believe he has in terms of getting things open? You know, if, if we look back at the last month, it wasn't the White House that closed things in the first place. It was mayors and governors. And ultimately, they're still the ones who have control over their states and certainly over their schools. Right. So the president doesn't have any. He can't force these governors. Ultimately, it's going to be done at the state level. But, you know, I was talking yesterday to Governor Larry Hogan, Republican governor of Maryland. It's a blue state. So he sort of governs in a very bipartisan way. He is not finding the president's rhetoric to be helpful because here's the problem. The president has a very, very powerful bully pulpit. And he's doing these press conferences every day that are getting ratings comparable to Monday night football. So when you have Governors giving one message, and frankly, the governors are all giving different messages depending on their states. You know, you've got New York in a state of lockdown. You've got sure. Mississippi and Alabama who are putting out these sort of open for business messages. But the problem is if the president says one day, you know what, enough, we've got to get this country going again. It's time to start moving back to work, etc. As Governor Hogan said to me, it's difficult when you're a governor to try and put out a different message when the president, who frankly has a lot of people who listen to him very, very intently and follow him, is going to have a really challenging public information environment. You talk about Trump being impatient to open things, and, and I get that. What I'm curious about is when he floated Easter in the first place, do you get any sense that that was something that was vetted? In other words, was that run around the room? And even though not everyone agreed, enough people agreed with him? Or was that Easter thing essentially off the cuff? Because it first came up in a Fox Town Hall, correct? This was not the subject of serious, in-depth policy deliberations. This was Trump having a feeling, and he's admitted as such, that it was something that he felt would be good. But there was a pretty strong reaction internally against that after that Fox Town Hall, and you saw Trump not walk it back, but sort of give himself a little bit more flexibility in some of his comments after that. He's certainly 
backed away from that as a hard date deadline. And what his team are trying to get him to do is not commit to dates, but rather to find other ways of benchmarking a return to normal. Even the public health officials on his team recognize that there does need to be some messaging of giving people hope that things can return gradually to normal at some point. So they're not necessarily opposed to that, but they're very much opposed to setting arbitrary dates. So what they're trying to do is get him to say different things. So for example, a benchmark could be once we get to the peak of transmissions and when we go on the downward curve, then we can gradually open X, Y, Z. But what you're going to see most likely is Monday is end of the 15 days of slowing the spread, which is quite a self-imposed timeline. You're going to see messaging along the lines of, there are different states with different conditions and we're going to basically, you're going to see a sort of a labeling of states and a sense that some states can afford to do a little bit more business, but in a quote unquote safe way. Some states like New York likely need to be in lockdown. And then there are states that, you know, when I talk to public health officials in the administration, they're extremely worried about. So the census places like Louisiana, Florida, some of the cities in Texas, they're very worried that the virus could just roll through these places and, and create real calamity in the next few weeks. Final question for you. There's been some talk, and particularly when you see some of the president's advisors talk about his approval ratings during this. And we all know all presidents care about their approval ratings, maybe this president more than most. And they have been pretty good by Trump standards, particularly given kind of how slow the administration was to react on this. That said, historically, usually when a president is in the midst of wartime, and that's really you know how everybody on both sides of the aisle is phrasing what we're doing right now, approval ratings really skyrocket. It becomes bipartisan consensus. Inside the White House, I know what they're saying publicly, but internally, do they view the approval ratings as a really sign that what they're doing is being well-received by the American public? Or do they look at it and say, you know what, given what's happening, it should be way higher? No, I think they're very encouraged by it. You've got to remember, I'm actually shocked, having, having covered Trump for almost five years now, I'm shocked that there was something that could move his approval rating higher, honestly. His approval rating is the most stable element in the known universe literally nothing. He kills Baghdadi, you know, moves a couple of percentage points. Nothing really changes it. So the fact that, you know, 60% of the country approve of his handling of the coronavirus is frankly astonishing, given that just about nothing has changed his uh, approval rating so far. What it has done, though, is strengthened his resolve that he should be doing these daily press conferences, which is sort of become a replacement to the rallies that he does. He sees them as earned media and the other thing he's very determined to do is to spend whatever it takes. Bill de Blasio said he's the Herbert Hoover of his generation. In my view, that could not be a, a more incorrect analogy. Trump couldn't care less about the debt and the deficit. He is willing to really turn the government into a cash dispensary and was actually encouraging his team to come up with a bigger deal, more trillions of dollars to send out to people. And we may see those more trillions of dollars in the weeks ahead. Jonathan Swan, who writes the Sunday night sneak peek newsletter, which you can get at signup.axios.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, please be sure to check out the other two podcasts we posted today. Stay safe and keep your distance.